All right, on this program, we are free to bring people on who are in the neighborhood, who are just plain interesting people I know, just from whatever cause. And that's a beautiful thing about a community radio station. And a beautiful thing about KDVS and KZFR. Sometime back, uh, I had a chance to sit down with a friend of a friend who has, well, let's say an interesting history, which we'll talk about in a moment. But we got talking, and I realized that he's Radio Parallax's kind of guy based on his history and what he's trying to do. Because of that, I thought we're going to just bring him on and talk about those things. So it's my pleasure to be able to say welcome to Radio Parallax, Bob Silvestri. Hey, Doug, how are you? We're doing okay. Sometimes I have a more uh, complex introduction to a guest, but I think that summarizes it well enough for our purpose today, Bob. Let's talk, tell people about your history in regards to the fact that you are, shall we say, a guy who's come over from the dark side. You, you live in Marin, you've been a real estate developer, a builder, <laughs> financier, et cetera, et cetera. But you, you've taken a different attack on things of late and, and written a book about it. So how did this transformation take place with you? I always actually wanted to live in Marin. I came here when I was in college on a road trip. I ended up stumbling into Marin, and I decided I wanted to live here. And it took me only about 40 years to get here. <laughs> I consider Marin a, just an amazing place, an amazing opportunity. And I had been, as you say, I was an architect, a real estate developer, broker, did had financial company, a, a construction company. I've been on the whole side of it, and I stopped doing that because it wasn't rewarding enough for me, and I was living here, and the first thing that happened when I bought my house is the, uh, the city I live in tried to downzone my area and stop us from adding on to our homes. So I immediately started to organize a community and learn about politics here. And it was kind of unfair because they wanted to limit our houses, which were the least expensive. My house was abandoned when I bought it. We were in the, the bad side of the neighborhood, but they wanted to expand the ability for people who lived in the bigger houses up on the hills. So I got involved in community organizing. I got involved in my city. I got involved in volunteering on planning issues and other things. And uh, long story short, uh, 20-something years later, I wrote a book about the challenges. The book is called The Best Laid Plans, uh, Our Planning and Affordable Housing Challenges in Marin. And it really talks about all of this, how I, how I got to do what I'm doing. And I basically uh, now have an organization, a nonprofit called Community Venture Partners. Our job is to bring the voice of the community um, to the planning and development process and, and uh, to also demonstrate what I call triple bottom line and socially sustainable, economically sustainable, environmentally sustainable solutions to growth planning and affordable housing. Well, you know, people talk about California. There's, there's two places that are known by their county name, Orange County and Marin County. They're very different. <laughs> if you've grown up in the area like I did, you'll note that most places were just slammed by development. And yet, Marin County reminds me today of, of what I remember from Marin County, you know, decades ago, that it is, it is avoided the heavy hand of, 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 you know, mega development. And I think it's people like you that have they've gotten a gotten that job done and you've had some successes in that area can you tell us a little bit about some projects that you sort of worked against i guess you might say sure and i want to first kind of you know acknowledge that the people that saved marin back in the 70s were up against similar forces as today where they were going to the entire marin headlands was going to have tens of thousands of units of housing and shopping centers and there were going to be big freeways through stinson beach and 
three women actually began the cause to stop that in the 70s, and uh, they were up against big companies, um, corporations, big politics. But Marin is about 80-something percent, roughly 80 percent, dedicated open space, and that's really the key to what's created this great balance here. And today, we have a very similar situation. So uh, an example, as you're asking for, up at an area called Larkspur Landing, which people may be familiar with. You take the ferry into Larkspur Landing. It, it's the most congested and difficult place in Marin to actually get from one place to another through. It's um, It's got really inadequate roads, and, and we have no real public transportation in Marin, which we really need, but we don't have any, unfortunately. And they were proposing to build another million square feet of development there without even adding a ferry, without even adding a single bus line. And I took it upon myself, using my old skills, to put together a team of attorneys and biologists and air quality specialists and transportation specialists. And we kind of out-consulted their consultants <laughs> <laughs> on, on a shoestring. And, uh, and we got it stopped. And the city came to their senses and saw that it was... Uh, Uh, not a legitimate proposal, and it was being driven by grant money, federal grant money, to urbanize the town of Larkspur. And that is not what the general plan of Larkspur says, and so it's not what should happen unless they want to change the general plan. People didn't want to. So we had a lot of community support, thousands of people, and we provided the intellectual capital. Well, I want to just second the motion on what you did there, because I was driving through that very area not two days ago, and man, it is congested, and yet uh, if you can go there a day when it's not so bad, you can you can park your uh, car, you can take your kayak off the top and paddle around there, and, and that's, you know, that rural character yeah. is what makes it so wonderful. Well, it does, and, you know, and, and, and I'm the kind of person that if I, if I open my big mouth from the get-go, what's the solution? So... We are, in fact, proposing a project there, but it's a combination of uh, senior housing, uh, intern job training housing, and the first ever full-blown aquaponic farming facility in Marin County, because I believe that urban farming is an extremely important component of our, of our growth going forward. Um, it's crazy that a restaurant uh, in Marin is getting, you know, fresh berries from Peru. The carbon <laughs> footprint of that is ridiculous. We can grow it here in the right kind of environment. And we should be building that interwoven into our planning. Well, you're certainly emphasizing what Michael Pollan and others have called the locavore movement. We spoke with Mr. Pollan a few years back on this program, and that, that yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more on this, having grown up in the East Bay, where, you know, having local food was just a part of your life. And, you know, when they developed it full of suburban uh, suburbanites, that that was lost. It's a terrible thing. Well, and it's been lost in the urban environment, too. And, you know, there's a big there's a big controversy between urbanizing and and um, to be honest, uh, and you'd have to I go into in great detail in my book, but the highest per capita greenhouse gas emission city in America is New York City. And New York City is the poster child of transit-oriented development, but it fails. If you do all the calculations, they also produce the most greenhouse gases per person. So we haven't solved the problem just by building dense housing or dense cities. In fact, we're making the problem even worse. So, And I'm not saying that suburbs are the answer, 
But I'll tell you, the Air Resources Board did a study about which place is going to get greener faster, and they surprisingly said it's the suburbs because the minute people have electric cars and start to solve their energy problems at the source, meaning solar on houses and gray water and whatever, suddenly the suburbs have a great advantage to get greener much faster than city. So it's a big issue. Yeah. And I also want to just quote from what Amazon had to say about your book, talk about it exposes the fallacies and examines the history and unintended consequences of an outdated, top-down decision-making process, largely controlled by unaccountable government bureaucracies that produces outsized financial gains for the few at the expense of small communities. And Mike, just say, here, here to that. Well, you know, it's true. I was a developer, and I could tell you stories. <laughs> and, and I was working on a national level, so... I was managing partner of all the partnerships, and, you know, the, 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 the playing field's just not level. If a homeowner or an individual, a group of individuals, want to build some kind of sustainable infill property, they have zero support financially. There are just no programs out there. But if you're a big builder that wants to come in and just tear everything down and throw in a couple so-called affordable units, and build luxury housing, you have no problem at all getting financed. It's really gotten worse, too. That that situation's gotten worse. You know, the, there's a thing called low-income housing tax credits in America that are federal-funded. We were one of the first people to use those in 1986 when they came out. In 1986, the allocation was $6 billion for the whole country. In 2015, the allocation is roughly $6 billion for the whole country. That's not a lot of subsidy for affordable housing. Well, you've gone, you've written a book, you've been out there in the trenches talking about it, and you've moved into, uh, as so many people have tried to do, into, into like something uh, via the internet. And uh, you've, I guess, are the founder or one of the founders of MarinPost.com, and we need to talk about that. Um, yeah, no, thank you. I'd, I'd love to. Um, part of the frustration that I've had, um, and the reason I started Community Venture Partners, is because I didn't see how the way things are structured that we could even begin to address our real problems and really identify problems and and come up with solutions. So the public side can't do it. They don't have the programs, the money, or the expertise. The private side won't do it. So Community Venture Partners is a social venture nonprofit to try to structure hybrid deals where you've got some, you know, you've got public benefit, nonprofit collaborators and for-profit collaborators working together. And part of the, the frustration became getting information out and educating the public. And I think 33 of the newspapers around the Bay Area, including the Mercury News and San Jose and the Marin IJ, are all owned by one hedge fund. Wow. And so there isn't, there's no information out there. So, you know, I was begging editors to run my op-eds for years, and I finally went, you know, oh, the heck with that, you know, I'll just build my own newspaper. So we just launched, uh, less than 60 days ago, we launched the Marin Post. It's, it's marinpost.org. Even though marinpost.com will take you there also, but it's a nonprofit. And it's, uh, I believe, the first unedited citizen journalist, all-citizen journalist news magazine in California. Um, and it means that anybody, and we want qualified people who can write, obviously, and we hope to track them, but can get there and, and write a substantive piece about an issue they care about. And we want it to be fact-based, and we don't want it to be ad hominem attacks, and we don't. We want it to be 
you know, it's for grown-ups, but it's really scaling pretty fast. A lot of people are, are coming there and reading, and, uh, and, I, and I greatly appreciate it. And it gives all of us a chance to share information and uh, use social media then to connect it. And uh, I think I call all this stuff, my term for it is infrastructure for democracy. You know, we need to build infrastructure for it, and that's part of it. Well, Bob, I'm looking at MarinPost.org right now as, as we're speaking, and it's, it's interesting to me that what, much of what we're talking about is there prominently displayed actions about how to deal with your local government and what that all means and Novato's empty spaces. But you've got a lot of uh, uh, effort here at, it looks to me like a documentary film sort of thing. Well, there's different people writing. People are coming forward. We would love to have your show have podcasts on here, so you're invited. Um, we would be thrilled to have that. We, we do have a fellow who does uh, documentary film reviews, and I was in the documentary film business for a long time, the film business for a long time. It's another thing I've done. I had an organization called environmentalmediafund.org. We're on the web still. We don't provide services, but you can go to environmentalmediafund.org and see that organization. We worked on hundreds of documentaries, some shows that are on TV now. Uh, and uh, a fellow came forward and wanted to do these, uh, these uh, you know, important documentaries he's seen. He does reviews, and he does this. He's done it for years, and I, I welcomed him to come on. And, yeah, there are a lot of people writing about different things. Uh, everybody has their own, uh, their own point of view. And, uh, again, it's all important because uh, people don't read anymore. They watch documentaries. So <laughs> and They do indeed. I certainly will try and take you up on your offer. I, would, I think you can consider a Davis sort of an, an eastern annex of Marin County in some respects. But you've got a piece here, Antibiotic Resistance is Everybody's Problem. That's a, something we've been, we've been pounding on this program on for, for years. And I'm glad to see it's, it's getting the attention it's, that has been long overlooked. It's, it's, it's about time people woke up to this fact. Well, yeah, no, there's a lot of great health issues, and we, we do have people that put things up for us for the post. You know, they're kind of our... Editors, we, we edit after it's published. We don't edit people before they're published or we comment on. So, yeah, we have uh, people putting up things that I think are of general public concern, which is it's part of our tax-exempt purpose. It's fundamental to it is to empower people about issues of uh, general community concern, and, and, and that's an issue. There, there's a whole long list of them, right? Well, Bob, I hope we've got a lot of people here uh, listen, our listenership that will want to go to your website, take some lessons there, and learn a few things in the process. Before we wrap it up, I'm wondering, since we do get a very good saturation of the state capital area, if there's anything you would like to say, because I know we get, we get heard by people that work in our government and in local media, if there's anything you'd like to say that, would be a, that wouldn't involve a profanity. <laughs> uh, you know, I would just say that in my view, and I, I am coming out, uh, you know, I'm going to say this now, and now I'm going to have to really finish the book, but I'm writing a book called The Imbi Solution, which is, means the in-my-backyard solution. And I really think that we're, we're, we're going about things in terms of how we're trying to address affordable housing, social equity, environmental sustainability. We're going about them exactly the wrong way in general from Sacramento. And Part of that is a thing called Plan Bay Area, which is this total, completely top-down, forced quotas to build kind of way of looking at planning. And it's such a sledgehammer, and it's, it's going to make everything worse. And so I really think that every community needs to address their problems and their challenges on their own in their own way. And I think it can be done. 
but I think it's out of the, you know, what they call outside the box thinking. It's just a different way of doing things that can really make it work. And you know, you'll have to wait for my book to see, but a lot of it's in my first book. I don't see any reason why we can't do it right and really solve the problem. So my position basically is if, if what you're doing is going to make things worse, then just stop doing that first. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then maybe you make some space. It's kind of a Zen concept, you know, where you, you make some space so that something good can fill it. And I think if we could make some space, and I want to say the last thing is I'm encouraged there's a new bill in Sacramento called SB 350. It is abandoning all of these ideas about top-down planning and all this. It's finally saying that if we're going to solve our, and it's on the, on the Marin Post, uh, it's saying that if we're going to solve our greenhouse gas emissions, we have to go to the source. And the biggest source of greenhouse gas emissions production is energy production. We have to do that. It says we have, the bill says we have to make electric cars and alternative fuel cars cheaper and more available for people, which I completely agree with. And we have to do it right now because I'll tell you, if someone's going to build a big project, it's going to take 12 years and it's going to cut greenhouse gas emissions by 1%. Why not just buy everybody a Prius right now, give it to them, and, and you don't even have to build it? It's, it's 10 cents on the dollar solution that actually gets to the source. So they're finally starting to talk this way, and I'm very pleased to see that. Well, we're pleased to have you come on and talk to us, Bob. Uh, I, I just hey, my wanna, pleasure. Want to send people to MarinPost.org and and have them go uh, maybe research your book if they're interested. Which again, the name of that is uh, the best laid plans are uh, are planning and affordable housing challenges in Marin. It's on Amazon. Very good. And hopefully, uh, when we're out the air, well, you and I can talk about how I can maybe we can move Radio Parallax so people in Marin can have quicker access to it. That would be a wonderful thing for us. No, it'd be great. It's a win-win. Thanks, and thanks so much right, for having me on. You're welcome, sir.